0: sanasa 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 we're back hello where have we been
1: okay <laughs> listen <laughs> so life has grabbed us by the vahin <laughs> and has pulled all of our attention and energy towards like being in the present moment and i think that's because Personally, I'm in such a transformational period of my life that there's just no, like, it was, it almost felt like I was, it was out of my hands. Like, it deserved all of my focus. Um, like, basically, just being in the present moment really took all of my focus. So, I feel like I'm ready to talk about things that have happened to me the past couple months because I really just needed to take time to have perspective and to really understand what was going on, what lessons were being presented in front of me, what ways I needed to grow. And so I feel like that's my favorite way to share on here is with things that are happening to me in real time.
0: I think you just needed to process it because like, yeah, I feel like it it ranges depending on like what the situation is, but we always need time to process it. Like the immediate reaction that our body goes into is not always you know of sound mind or logical and so you sometimes just need to take time to just chill be alone with your thoughts and like really figure out how you feel about it you know
1: yes definitely um I think I was in uh such a uncomfortable period of like I wasn't sure what I was learning but I knew I was learning and that's definitely what I needed I just needed to process in order to be here now
0: right yeah yeah um what's my excuse I don't know I'm just gonna say depression because (laughs) I use that excuse for everything in my life um it's a good excuse it's a it's a valid excuse it's a valid excuse yeah um and just I think also I was like doing a lot of new things at at the same time So my attention was everywhere and I started to forget to take my medication every morning and like you just you can't fuck with stuff like that especially I mean in general but mental health it's easy to be like oh it's fine nothing like nothing bad will happen I won't die you know but my mental health took a turn and I'm doing better now and that's why we're here. I mean, we're here because we feel better, but more importantly, we're here because tomorrow, Tuesday, October 26th, is Intersex Awareness Day, and our good friend Courtney did us an amazing favor of coming onto our show and teaching the childrens about intersex, and so that's exactly what we're going to share with you today.
1: Yes, I am so excited um, to have our first guest on. It just felt so fun to do and I just I'm, I'm so grateful for Courtney and all that they've shared with us and their openness and their willingness to educate and be a leader and be just an advocate and just the nicest most loving person
0: mm-hmm. yeah um and I feel like at the beginning we both had this vision that we were going to have guests eventually And it it didn't necessarily have to be anyone in particular. It could be like a friend who could share a story or be vulnerable with us. But it ended up working out that we're getting a really cool person to be our first guest who is very passionate about spreading awareness. And so for Courtney to be our first guest, I feel like is such an honor and like it's kicking off our show into such a good direction, into the direction that we envisioned from the beginning. I do want to say, we posted some teasers about recording with Courtney, I think a month ago. However, um, the sound was not very good, and so we had to re-record it, and so that's what you're going to be listening to today. Even though it was our second time talking to Courtney, we still tried to keep it as like a 101 class, um, because that's exactly what we recorded in the first episode. So this is basically just a little intro about what it means to be intersex and um, you get to hear Courtney's story. And um, I really hope that this is the first of many because I think Courtney has a lot more uh, to share with us. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Please enjoy! (laughs)
1: What Up, my G. Here,
0: pa, 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 pa. <laughs> what up, my
2: guy? I don't know. It's just... I already did it. <laughs> comfy cast Heather's joining. She's wearing a sweater, she's mm-hmm. wearing a Halloween
1: sweater, mm-hmm. Sp- being nice and warm and comfy with us.
2: Spooky sweater, <laughs> <laughs> it says eek on it. Eek. It's so cute.
0: So, Heather's chilling. Yeah, Heather hopefully is going to behave for this
2: episode. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined.
0: So we have our friend Courtney here. Our friend, an icon. Iconic. A living
1: legendary. legend. <laughs> One of the best people we know. <laughs> One of the
0: kindest people we know. Super smart. Really smart. Oh, gosh. Spoken. <laughs> yes, a leader. And that ass. And I'm everything scared. that they do. <laughs> and that
2: ass. And that ass. Um, We're not
1: cutting that out, mom. (laughs)
0: Appreciate you all.
2: You both. Of
1: course. We're so happy to have you here. And to be quite frank, this is not our first time
0: having you here. We've recorded this before. (laughs) This is round two. Yeah. And it's because we recorded... At Courtney's house, but there wasn't, like, enough sound uh, ceiling materials around, so it was very, very echoey, and so, but we're just gonna,
2: we're just gonna chill and try to get back
0: to where we were.
2: Yeah. It was so good we came back for a second time.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just want to hang out again. (laughs) Valerie and I Mm -hmm. invited Courtney uh, to talk about intersex everything. 101, Intersex 101. Yes, and um, the day that you're listening to this is going to be Intersex Awareness yeah. Day. October
2: 26th. Yeah, October it's coming
0: up. I've learned so much since I became friends with you, Courtney. Like, I did learn about, like, I learned the term intersex in science, and I don't even remember, like, what science would teach you that. So, I, like, I don't even remember exactly why we were learning it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything other than that. I didn't realize how like that it's like an umbrella term because it's really broad and it, mm-hmm. it encompasses many different things.
2: So the speaking of it being a term I'll just define it for folks and then yeah. we can roll from there. So intersex people experience natural uh, biological variation that differs from what we typically think of as male and female and those variations can happen in our chromosomes in our hormone production and response and our internal and external sex organs and then secondary sex characteristics like body hair and breast development. So sex is a spectrum just as gender is and uh, intersex people have always existed even though most people don't really know that we exist.
0: Yeah so that is a lot and I would love to go into it. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest we're on drugs. Yeah, let's okay. just <laughs> <back there. laughs>
2: we're, we're making this very there. clear from the jump. We're on drugs. Drugs. <laughs>
0: what kind yeah, of drugs? drugs um,
2: shrooms. Shrooms. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of people don't know you exist. So, what what do you think is like the main thing you want people to understand about the intersex community?
2: Mm, that's a good question. I think it. I I think. What I'm feeling and what I've heard from a lot of my friends uh, recently is that, like, we are more... Our stories are more than our trauma. Because we'll probably get into it. The intersex folks experience unique, uh, unique trauma in their lives. But there's a lot of intersex joy out there. And, like, I think it's really important to have that, like, first and foremost in the conversation. So I'm glad you asked that. That, like, intersex people are beautiful. They're natural, like they're, they're part of our community that, like, make it vibrant and make it rich, and for decades and, like, centuries, intersex people have been marginalized and, like, pushed to, like, the dark corners of society, like, not talked about, only been jokes, so uh, I think, like, that's the main message is, like, we're here and, like, we make our communities beautiful. Amen. Yeah.
0: I will say, like, i agree with the fact that you're more than your trauma because like as your friend you're way more than like an intersex person (laughs) so i think that that's a cool way to start just opening our minds to like what intersex means Mm -hmm. and being able to see it as like a huge gradient of different things Mm -hmm. complex you know complex people yeah
2: What <laughs> was Heather? <laughs> Dude, oh, <wow>. shit! <laughs> Did you you hear it? it! Don't mess with Heather. She'll fuck I up can't your big do toe. Right now.
0: <laughs>
1: it's interesting how you mentioned that, like, you're practically invisible. You have felt invisible, right? Mm hmm. And there's this whole community that exists. Getting to know you and getting to see the amount of people around you that, like, are on the same path to, like, have you guys be seen. Mm hmm. It was really inspiring to see how many people there are actually actively working towards that. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing and th- and it just blows my mind because how, do- how is it that I didn't know there was a whole community mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful.
2: It is. It is. Like when I found the intersex community, I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's like a r- lot of really amazing people that, that are like doing this work or just like existing as an intersex person and uh, mm-hmm. like living their best life. And I think there are a lot of people out there that don't know that they're intersex or don't know that that's a possibility or that that can be part of their identity. And there's been some education bills that have been passed, um, in like cities and States or just New York and New York state. And then just Austin yesterday, Austin, Texas, where yeah. like people will be educated when their child is born as intersex. And so like, that's a big thing is like, just let people be who they are and mm-hmm. they don't have to fit into a box. That society is going to tell them, like, oh, you've got to be male or female. No, like, you may be intersex. You may have different hormone response or production or different sex organs. And mm-hmm. that's okay. It's not broken. Don't fix it. No, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And don't try to deny this whole other experience that is completely different, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just a denial of it when they try to box you up. It's yeah. It's like with anything
2: yeah. that's perceived as, like, different. It's like... Mm-hmm. So, if people have such a hard time with like trans and LGBT issues. It's just like people see them as different and scary. And it's like, no, we're all just real people yeah. with unique experiences because we're all complex.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful to like start to question the gender binaries just in general. Um, and I think that obviously would help to like translate when you try to understand what it means to be intersex. Mm -hmm. or trans because we are all conditioned to believe that there's only two options Mm -hmm. and you have to just choose and then you're stuck like that forever Mm -hmm. you know um so I think it is a really difficult thing for people to do but it's important to like want to open your mind to it it's hard work and like it's just so worth it yeah to be open to like a whole group of human beings that exist (laughs) <laughs> and that uh, should be able to take up space, you know.
2: Yeah, it's so much better when we're just like when we see each other. And we're like, oh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and truly validate each experience. Going back a little bit mm-hmm. to you saying that a lot of people don't know that they're intersex mm-hmm. is that, and that's done on purpose, right? Like they're just not told.
2: Yeah. Um. They They could just not be told, so like that information could be withheld from them. Um, or there could just be a complete lack of understanding that like intersex exists and this isn't what's happening to this person or how our body's responding or what their body looks like isn't a medical condition. It's just who they are. So there's like, yeah, there's a lot of like awareness. Like that's why intersex awareness day exists is like, we're here. Like these are the things that we face as a community, but as well, like join us. Like some people, some people have the information withheld. Some people don't know that they're intersex at all. Um, And other people just didn't have that language ever because they were maybe raised in like a medicalized setting where like, like for me, I never knew the word intersex until like three years ago, maybe four. But I grew up knowing that I was androgen insensitive and like it was highly pathologized. So I was like always going to the doctor like they were trying to fix me always or like making sure that my body was normal and doing okay. You found out when you were like in your mid twenties, then. Um, I f- I found the word intersex. Um, yeah, in like my mid twenties, but I've known that I'm androgen insensitive and my whole life. So like at the b- age of the birds and the bees conversation ish, my parents like sat me down and told me like I'm not gonna, you're not gonna have babies, and you have X Y chromosomes, and uh, you're gonna have to take hormones when. You're a teenager. And then they revisited it in, like, puberty-ish ages. And so I knew, like, my whole life, Mm. but I didn't have the term intersex or I didn't have identity Mm -hmm. as, like, an intersex person until a few years ago.
0: So it felt more like a medical condition.
2: Oh, yeah. It was something that was wrong with me, and then that was reinforced in a religious setting where it was like, God will make you whole and perfect in the resurrection. And, like, my body would be whole and I would have babies one day Mm. because you know, right. religion is, yeah. Okay. you know, just, <laughs> like, expects us to have, uh, yeah, the religion I was born in, like, like says that, like, eternity is forever, and you, like, you can have children in the next life, so. What
0: religion was it?
2: Mormonism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and then when did you leave the church?
2: Um, uh, I left the church in, when I was 27. Okay. Oh, no, it was in 2017
0: so I was 26 so it was like a little shortly after you found intersex like... flipped so oh.
2: I can't I left left the church uh ah. realized I was attracted to women or feminine people and um and then shortly after kind of just stepped into my own and have been blossoming since so learned that I was intersex and <laughs> then chopped my hair two months ago so it's always an evolution Yay. yeah <laughs>
1: Heather, stop. Stop, Heather. They're biting the fucking thingy. (coughs) Heather. Heather. (coughs) Heather.
0: No. 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 I think it's common knowledge by now that, like, gender and sex are two different things. So how would you compare and contrast being intersex versus being non-binary? Yeah, that's a really good question.
2: Intersex is literally my sex. So I'm not male, I'm not female, I'm intersex. So biologically or just like the way that my body was created and my mother is between male and female or somewhere on the spectrum or fuck the spectrum. And it's just this big nebulous of, <laughs> you, know, you know, things swirling around. Mm-hmm. Um, same applies to like gender, in my opinion, but um, non-binary people experience gender or their identity and expression, neither male or female. There's some, there's definitely some similarities there, um, but one is identity and expression. So like, what makes someone feel like a, a man or a woman? Like, mm-hmm. how do they know that innately in themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, people don't feel that, and and the, um, oftentimes are non-binary. But I, I've never like identified with the term non-binary. But like, my gender is very non-binary, non, non-male and female. Mm-hmm. I just say. Like my sex is intersex, my gender is intersex, I am just like I am intersex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like through and through. So
0: So, um, I assume there is people who are intersex, but they identify as a woman. Yeah. And like
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So just like anyone else, like intersex people can identify as a man or a woman or neither mm-hmm. or non binary or intersex or trans like a, a lot of
0: people. <laughs> 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 he identifies as male.
2: Yeah, Little Dicky's, uh, t- I mean, the hypospadias, which he openly talks about, is an intersex trait. So, mm-hmm. Little Dougie doesn't know, but <laughs> <laughs> he's going to put the intersex movement on, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anything's problematic with Little Dickie so right. one can call me out, but... Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We've yet to look into. Yeah. <laughs> Little
1: Dicky.
0: <laughs> You did mention also that the intersex community has really unique traumas. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about what traumas um, you've experienced and also, or what what traumas you think should be addressed?
2: Yeah. I think it's important to talk about um, because it creates some urgency around the movement and around, like, this topic um, so intersex people experience that like variation in sex characteristics and one of the main things that the community is fighting against is non-consensual surgeries to normalize or um you know, put put our bodies into male or female. So that can happen through castration, it can happen through clitoral reduction, um and it happens to normalize like penises that may, like, that uh, experience hypospadias, like Little dicky, where, like, the urethra is on the bottom of the shaft, not at the tip. And, mm-hmm. like, it's functional. It why works. Why like, it? peeing sitting down doesn't harm anyone's manlihood no. or ability to uh, be a happy person. So, um, those surgeries are still happening, but also just the social stigma of, um, you know, maybe an intersex person doesn't have sex organs that are, like, outside of the binary, but their hormone production and response is maybe not what they would expect at the time of puberty. So people growing facial hair that didn't expect to, or um, just different secondary sex characteristics, those those folks can, um, or people like that can experience a lot of stigma and shame um, in, in secrecy or, like, bullying. Yeah. And so... I think it's just really important to understand that like we are all unique and beautiful in our in our variation in our diversity like that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't stop when we get to sex
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it doesn't stop when we get to gender or the color of our skin or where we're from or what language we speak like
1: yeah mm-hmm. which is when you're in like High school or middle school that's the one thing you don't want you don't want to stand out you don't mm-hmm. want to be different right you don't embrace that you're different you're that you're different yeah it's like you can, you don't know yourself enough to be confident in who you are so you're just trying to be normal and just hide yeah it's like a scary time right for all of us i can't imagine adding that pressure of something maybe visibly being different from you on Mm -hmm. you or whatever and having to go through that same hard time of puberty like i was embarrassed about my period you know so i can't imagine like adding
0: something else or or you know i think it's funny you bring that up because courtney you told me one time that like one of the things that was hard for you is when your like other girlfriends would talk about their period or like needed you know a pad or a tampon and and you always had to say, like, oh, I didn't bring any. Yeah. But you didn't need, ever need them. No. I've never had a period. And see, I would never think of that as, like, a privilege, you know, to, like, not mm. have to, like, hide anything in regards to my menstruation, you know? Yeah. And so it's just crazy to think that even if it's not visibly uh, different, mm-hmm. you're still experiencing life differently, you mm-hmm. know, and you're, like, hyper aware of how you're different, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a constant reminder.
2: Block. right? Yeah, the mental block. Yeah. It also, like, middle school and high school is when I started putting walls up and I started, like, finding these coping mechanisms that were little lies. And it was just, like, brick by brick. Like, I got really good at hiding and, like, making, making things up or, like, saying, like, oh, I have to take... I take pills every day because of my hormones. And, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's just, like, yeah. really that that's not my truth that's not who i am no, yeah, so yeah cause
1: in reality you could have just gone out and said oh i don't get a period and then pe- girls would be like what, what, "What?" but i don't think they'd what they'd burn you at the stake you know so like <laughs> it's crazy it's just a mental block of like shame and it's just mm-hmm. your own fucking vision of what it is well,
2: yeah and like the thing is like you could just say like well why didn't you just be intersex like I was born in 1991 the doctors operated me on at six weeks old and sent me home and said like raise your daughter and then I was raised in the Mormon church where it was like "Ooh, the boxes were very defined like Mm -hmm. you are male and female and like this female role is like very specific so and then just constantly reiterating like just be feminine be female all of those things just like stack up where like there are no other options And I felt that with my sexuality as well, growing up, like there was, there was no option to like be interested in women. And I didn't have the hormones in my body to feel those urges even, or like go through puberty ever until like my, my late twenties when my hormones are starting to get in line. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's a very unique experience.
1: Why was it till your mid twenties that your hormone, hormones
2: started Mm. to get in line? So when I was six weeks old, I was, uh, castrated, So I don't have any sex organs internally that produce hormones. I don't have a uterus. I don't have ovaries. I don't have testes. So because my body was quote unquote normalized at birth, I don't have those organs producing hormones. And when I was in middle school, or maybe it was high school, I started hormone replacement. And it was such a low dose that I didn't notice a difference. Um, Like my body didn't change... And I, like, got disinterested in them pretty quickly, and it was really inconsistent taking my estrogen through high school and college. And it wasn't until my mid-20s and a uh, little bit later, like, when I was really coming to, like, understand my identity and who I was, that I was like, wait, like, I don't have any hormones in my body, and or very few. And that like, I should probably figure out, like, what my body is receptive to and what it feels best on. And, uh, so that's been, like, a constant tinkering for the last couple of years. Yeah, like,
0: not... I see now. What, what is, like, your biggest struggle when you're not on hormones? Or what changes have you felt now that you are
2: on hormones? Mm, I grew up very, like, I didn't feel a lot, or I didn't feel emotions. But when I went on higher doses of uh, estrogen, as well as progesterone, I felt emotion for like the first time in my life in a very unique way, like, or a a unique depth and like intensity Mm -hmm. that I'd never felt before. So that was unique. My estrogen's low and I've stopped progesterone (laughs) right now. So it's just like, I don't have, I don't have that. But like, it was, it was cool to, it's cool to like feel those things or feel emotion and it brings color to life. And Mm -hmm. so... That was nice to experience and I feel like, uh, yeah, I I don't feel like a ton of emotion right now because I'm pretty low estrogen right now, but I'm happy in other phases of my life or other aspects of it. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it's cool that you can kind of decide.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I've had to like, I've had to educate everyone along the way. Like my provider, the pharmacy, the insurance company to be able to get testosterone there. The pharmacy was like, oh like I see you're getting estrogen and testosterone those are like uh contradictory hormones and I was like well like they're pretty complimentary actually <laughs> <laughs> and like can I explain to you what intersex is and why my body needs both for maintenance and health and uh, yeah that's,
0: I feel like that's so kind of you to take the time to like explain it and I think it's really important because now someone else understands it yeah, and then they could teach it to someone else, or if like they meet someone, they'll already have that information in their head.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's really no other option though. It's not though. your job. It's not my job. I saw this stat recently in one of my courses that that was talking about the high rate of trans people that have to educate their providers, and it was something like uh, I'm horrible at remembering numbers. It could have been between, like, 50 and 70 percent, but it's quite high, High. and I would, I would say, like, the same for, like, intersex folks, like, providers don't know any, hardly anything.
0: Yeah, like, I have anxiety about, like, my health in general, Mm -hmm. and, like, my comfort is, like, I'll just go to the doctor and talk to the doctor, you know, (laughs) so I can't even imagine, you know, like, being like, what's going on with me? And then having... Going to the doctor and then them looking at you blankly like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know. Or
2: there's some intersex people that are really having a hard time getting answers about their body and what's going on um, from their provider. So it's it's not only like, I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely like multifaceted where it's like, oh, we've had trauma there. They, they don't know who I am or what my body is like or they can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah, the medical, the relationship with the medical community or just, in general, like, going to see a doctor is often a difficult thing for intersex folks. Yeah. Not always, but often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I want to get to why <laughs> it's important to the intersex community to focus on intersex joy. Yeah. It's specific yeah. to that group, you know. Mm-hmm. You guys put an emphasis on that, right?
2: Yeah, and it it's, it's something that, like, is very... I first heard the term from someone in Europe um, and it was like not that long ago, maybe like a year ago. And I've been seeing it and hearing it more. And I think our community has focused on the hardships that we face, and rightfully so. Ending intersex surgery is a top priority of the community. We've often told our stories and been vulnerable to tell people, hey, we're here, we exist. But that's also very tiring and taxing. And so I think that when we come into our own as intersex folks, we we experience joy through like I've, I've experienced intersex joy in spaces that um, spaces that I've I've claimed that joy. And oftentimes those spaces are places that I felt trauma. That was like a really roundabout way of saying that. <laughs> uh, I would like uh, intersex joy is is, in my opinion, claiming joy in a space that you felt sorrow. trauma so for me that is in my sexuality in my body especially like being connected to my body in whatever way that is is really really important to me and that's like where I feel the most proud to be intersex is in those spaces and in community I think community is a big place where we feel intersex joy and like uh, being around other folks like us and like gassing each other up and supporting each other and learning from each other's experiences
1: yeah because um I think you've mentioned that some people experience that feeling of like feeling like your body's not yours mm-hmm. necessarily or it's talked about so much in this way that isn't yours mm-hmm that you have like this disconnection right yeah and so you you have to reconnect mm-hmm. with, with feeling present in your body and feeling yeah like comfortable in your own skin and knowing that your body is yours mm-hmm.
2: and and on that note is like like you have power over your body you have autonomy like the basic right of autonomy another one of my classes i'm talking about my classes because i'm in a Uh, masters of public health program Um, but another one of my classes talked about the basic right of bodily autonomy and it was in the context of um, the reproductive rights or reproductive rights for women and Back in, like, the 20s and 40s, there were some laws where people that experienced mental um, disability were being uh, sterilized. And then in another instance, like, in Oklahoma, they had laws that, like, if you were a multiple felon, like, three strikes and you're sterilized. Like, and so as a class, we were shocked. Like, what the hell? Like, this is horrible. And as I sat there, I was like, you know, this still happens. Like, this still happens to intersex people and to migrant women. Like, in the detention center last year, there's the whistleblower. So, like, bodily autonomy, when that's taken from you, is, like, extremely... It is traumatic, and it's something that um, if you're able to work through, like, there is, like, extreme power in, like, claiming that, like, mm-hmm. claiming that, that power back and being able to say no or being able to go into a doctor's office and, you know, refre- refuse a, an examination, a general examination or being able to say, like, what hormones you want and pushing for those, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: all of that confidence and that ability to stand up for yourself and your body, like, for me, ga- really gathers back to body autonomy.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about, like, how wild it, it must have felt to be in a room where I was, like, outraged about something that's so outdated, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. And then you're you're just sitting there, like,
2: actually... I like... spoke up, actually. I was, like, I had my hand raised, and I could feel my heart rate racing, and I was, like, I'm <laughs> yeah. about to blow these fucking people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. was, like, this, you know, yeah, I, I made the comment in class, because I was just, like, we have to remember, like, this still happens, so... Mm-hmm yeah
1: what was the general reaction
2: it was a zoom class so like no one I mean people don't really comment on people's comments Mm -hmm. but I think I said in my comment like I think it's important to center in you know like that this still happens so it's Mm -hmm. like um I'm sure that people didn't even think about it
0: right I'm sure people were very shocked yeah um and it's an interesting position to be in As someone who's, like, obviously for um, autonomy, you know, and, like, um, pro-choice and everything like that, like, I feel like for many issues, I'm like, well, if I was alive back then, I would have voted against it. I would have protested outside, you know of whatever, like, segregated places, or it's kind of like a mirror to the face, like, oh, you're so for all these progressive ideas. Like, what are you willing to do for this issue that's happening right now? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. babies are being sterilized, you know, like, their their gender is being decided for them. Sorry, their sex is being decided for them, which a lot of times is deciding their gender because Mm -hmm. they don't think they have a choice. And then... Sometimes they, you know, lose the ability to, like, have sexual pleasure. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, making a decision for a baby that's, like, days old or weeks old that's going to affect them for the rest of their life, you know? Mm-hmm. And the children one is what gets me the most. Because yeah. I feel like, so many people are born sterile. And that, like, it happens and it's, va- like, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just sad to me that like there's doctors over here just like making people sterile, you know. <laughs> people yeah. Who- could have children. Yeah could and have it, a choice to have children.
2: and maybe at the time in like nineteen ninety one my body wouldn't have been able to like have children if that's something that I want, but I don't <laughs> but like with scientific advancement, like who knows? Like who knows what my testes would have been able to you know. I have XY chromosomes. I have you know you know the possibilities are endless with endless with science and yeah to decide that for someone at six weeks old is mm-hmm. just like not okay. Yeah. Not all intersex children are like sterilized in there in their surgeries but it definitely happens.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that your gender is intersex. Yeah. What what has that journey or experience been like for you to figure that out?
2: Mm, yeah so like the boxes that I was put in as an infant and like through being raised like didn't allow me to experience like who I was or my gender identity so like, I remember as a kid, I was raised going to church and every single week we would go to church and it's the nineties. So like I was wearing like poofy, poofy dresses that were like plaid with the, with like the fringe and like the sleeves that are all big and poofy 90s. and I hated it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I was like looking at my closet one day and on the right side were my dresses and the left side was uh, my pants. And I looked at my dresses and I was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I like look at my pants and I see that like I've got my khaki pants. They're nice. They don't have grass stains on them because I'm not playing in them. I want to wear my khaki pants to church. And so I go and ask my mom. I was like, hey, can I wear my khaki pants to church? She's like, of course not. Go put on a dress. And, in, in, like, I had no fault to my mother. Yeah. Like, that was what she was raised in. She supports me 100%. Like, she gave me an inter- intersex flag oh. card today because she's leaving and won't be, here, uh, won't be here through the weekend to help me with Intersex oh. Awareness Day. Um, but, like, at eight years old, uh, like, it was, again, enforced that, like, this is not an option. Okay. And then I remember in high school, like, wanting to wear athletic p- shorts to school just as, like that's what i felt most comfortable in and like i wasn't allowed to do that either and so it wasn't until like i was exploring my sexuality that i felt comfortable like being in androgynous clothes and not feeling like i had to fit a standard or a, or not even a standard but just like a, be attractive to men and that was like the first wow. yeah. yeah like i whenever i like dressed up i remember in college it would be like i have to put this on to be attractive for men like to <laughs> men like so shitty, so horrible. Heather's doing some parkour over here, (laughs) but that was, like, the context I was raised in, and, and, like, my sexuality has really helped me explore that, and then just this, like, when I felt like I was kind of settled in, like, my intersex identity, my, uh, my sexuality, like, here comes gender this year, and has been a really big exploration of, um, like who I am and my pronouns. I use they, them pronouns exclusively. I chopped my hair off a couple months ago and more and more I'm leaning into like my androgynous look or not having an expectation to like look a certain way for anyone except for myself. Yeah. And yes. and not worrying about like really simple things like not worrying about the tone of my voice. Like, is it too deep to, is it not feminine uh, enough? Yeah. You know, like, Things like that is like, I don't even have to, I don't even think of that anymore. So that. that gender euphoria is like real. And if you haven't experienced it in your life, it's a privilege, but it's also like you, it's very difficult to understand. Like a lot of these experiences, like people don't get it or they're scared. Like we were talking about earlier because they've never had to feel that they've never had to like process their gender and their sex and their gender expression and their identity and their pronouns and all of that stuff. But I think that's where, like, empathy comes in. It's like, another person's experience is different than mine. I will not 100% understand, but I will, you know, support them or love Mm -hmm. them or empathize. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. And I will say, I feel like the more time passes, the more you're, like, finding yourself, the more you're glowing and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, your real inner self is coming through. Mm -hmm. Because now your insides are, like, matching your outside or your outsides, are matching your insides
2: yeah and it's not like it's not work to have to think if I need to exactly. appease a man's gaze
0: <laughs> being yourself doesn't take work yeah it's yeah just, it doesn't it's easy
2: I put on a t-shirt with no bra and <laughs> pant and, like Bravo. jeans and like cool let's go yeah <laughs> so much easier
0: yeah
2: my hair so much easier to do <laughs>
0: I met you only you had long hair, so yeah. I got to meet you like before and after.
1: No, I mean, we, I seriously met you before and after, like yeah, right. during, you know, that yeah. I think a lot of times we think that we're like learning to be ourselves, but we're really just unlearning what wasn't mm-hmm. serving us before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something everyone can relate to. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. especially as like you were raised as a girl, and and so letting go of that misogyny. Mm -hmm. It's like, everyone can relate to that as well, I'm sure. Yeah. The feeling of like, I didn't realize I was being trained to talk a certain way Mm -hmm. and appeal to this certain group of people. Yeah. You know? It's powerful. Yeah. It's really (laughs)
0: powerful. Mm -hmm.
2: Fuck the patriarchy. Yes. Fuck Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the
0: patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Totally. (laughs) Well, I do have one more question. Okay. How can our listeners or fans if you will <laughs> um support the intersex community that's a yeah that's a good
2: question <laughs> um, I <laughs> I think um I think there's a f- definitely a few ways first and foremost like take this information in like really take it in like think about it um think about what life would be like as an intersex person or you you're never gonna put yourself in my shoes 100% but like that's where empathy comes from is like understanding another person's experience or trying to you know mm-hmm. We'll never completely but I would say like internalize um, the information and then include us in your conversations like tell someone you learned something new or if there's a conversation happening about gender and sex like pop in about intersex people. Um, You can learn a lot more from intersex organizations like Interact, uh, which is a law and policy organization. Um, Also, Intersex Justice Project, which is uh, grassroots organizing and direct action, uh, BIPOC-led organization. And then Interconnect is a support group for intersex folks. So learn more from those organizations. You can follow them on social media. Donate the intersex movement and community is underfunded and under resourced so um, any micro donations or whatever you can give is really helpful there uh, to help build capacity in the community to do what we need to do and yeah there's a handful of handful of other things that are like more nuanced but I would say just be aware talk about us support our support the movement and if you're in workplaces in like medicine or really anywhere speak up for intersex inclusion know like what you're local laws are regarding intersex surgery you know if you're in a state that has passed an anti-trans bill lately chances are that anti-trans bill has a provision written in to allow intersex surgeries to children so like these things like all go into uh, building the momentum of the movement is is just like knowledge and awareness and speaking up and i was talking to my uncle the other night it's like the intersex movement hasn't reached critical mass something that uh, an activist, Sean Seifel Wallace, talked about in that critical mass needs to be reached. So it's just the it's a numbers game. It's like getting people listening, like we're doing here. Like, yeah. thank you for having me, thank and you. then uh, making sure that we're continuing those conversations.
0: Thank, thank you, you so Courtney. Much for being here. Yeah, <laughs> for like. Telling us your story, being so open about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The intersex community is so lucky to have you. The queer community. I'm I'm lucky lucky to have have the intersex community
1: (laughs) and you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a privilege.
1: It's been a privilege to hear exactly your your story, your experience. Yeah. And I just hope it
0: reaches as many people as possible. yes You know. So that there's awareness and. We're coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. you got allies the lesbians are with you (laughs) (laughs) cool and if you're listening to this on the very day that we post it consider wearing yellow and purple or posting about intersex, um, organizations, um, that would be helpful. Or just well. intersex information yeah. mm-hmm. out there that
1: you might see. Because
0: the 26th of October is Intersex Awareness Day, like we mentioned earlier.
2: Yeah, we're, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. We're part of, uh, an effort of direct action to put up 1,500 plus posters across the U.S. and internationally. So, Woo! we're gonna raise a bunch of intersex art over the next few days and, uh, make, beautify our Communities with the joy that is, you know, Intersex Awareness Day. Yes! yes. Yay! We're gonna thank be it around town,
1: everywhere. <laughs> like
2: fairy dust.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to participate! <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. We we'll love you. I love thank you.
2: you.